week two of our series called Proximity, and I want to actually say, well, that sounds a lot like a series we did a couple weeks ago or months ago called Birds of a Feather. In Birds of a Feather, we talked about the idea of who you run with influences you and all that kind of stuff, and so that was one series about uh, just who you're around and your surroundings and who you're with, and so that was one layer, but in that series, I started to think about... um, it's interesting when you talk about being near God or, or, or being near your surroundings. There's these scriptures that I struggle with because it says this. It says, God will never leave you or forsake you. You ever heard, obviously you've heard that. He'll never leave you or he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. But then there's also a scripture that says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. But he never leaves you or forsake you. Then how can he draw near to you? And so there's a lot of scriptures that like he's always with you. And there's other ones that says he's seeking you and drawing near. And so it's like, what, what's the deal there? You know, what, what's the breakdown? And so this is sort of like a birds of the feather series, but a deeper level and, uh, and more of a heart level. And so what I want to talk about is like our proximity to things, our proximity to things. I, a great example is this. Um, I talked about, you know, there's a lot of times in your life uh, you can, an example is like literally with my wife, uh, I can be with her all day. We're out, we're shopping, we're going to lunch, we're doing all this kind of stuff. I'm with her all day. And then we'll get home and she'll say, hey, you know, let's watch a movie or let's do this or whatever. And, and I say, well, you know, I got this thing. She's like, but I feel like I haven't been with you, you know, and she'll like bring up like, <laughs> and I'm like, I was with you all day. What are you talking? So you can be around somebody and not be close to somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, so God, you, you, you can be just near something, but not close to it. And, and it's, that's the difference in our heart. You can be so, totally around something. And obviously we know there's marriages or there's jobs. You may be on a job your whole life that you hate. You were there every day. You were in proximity of it, but you hated it and your heart wasn't connected to it. So we're looking at this idea of like our heart. Our heart has to be in proximity with what we're talking about. It's more than just being around it. You can grow up in church your whole life, but not ever have that heart connection. Somebody say Amen. And so uh, we're talking about like our heart proximity and something really being at the core of who we are is what we're going to look at for the next couple of weeks. And so um, that's kind of the idea. And today I want to talk about, I guess the title of the sermon uh, would be, it's, you know, proximity part two, but it's being, it's having people at the core of who we are. It's having people's lives at the core of who we are. Now, I'm just going to say this. <laughs> I know we just came out of a series called Who's Counting on You? And we talked a lot about reaching people and loving people. And there's just something that God is doing in my heart that every time I sit down to say something, it jumps back over to people, 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 people. And I'm just going to make a promise to you. Next week, I mean, next month, you're going to get your series where uh, I'm going to give you a break and I'm not going to beat on you about reaching people. And da, da, da. Uh, Next month, our series is called The Blessed Life. And so it's going to be all about you. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Uh, so if you're sick of me talking about reaching people and loving people, don't come back till next month. Then you'll be okay. You'll just, I'm kidding. But, but I'm just saying... Uh, for me right now, the place that I'm in, what God's saying to me is, is this. And so I appreciate you hearing the word of it uh, and, and not, oh, it's kind of the same old sermon because obviously we try to keep it different and fresh, uh, but God is really saying something and he keeps saying it in a different way. And I think we need to respond to that. Amen. So let's look at these scriptures here and then I'm going to just literally play with an idea and then we'll be out of here. So Matthew 22 verse 37 
It says, Jesus replied. So here's the conversation. They're all saying to him, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest of the commandments? Boil it down for me. What's the best of the best? What's the point of this whole thing? Like, how do we do it? Let's rank this deal. And so Jesus replied and said, here's what it boils down to. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So you go all in for God. And then he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself and all the law and the prophets hang on these two things. So this is our poster. This is what we put up in the break room that says, this is who we are. You love God with all that's in you and you love people with all that's in you. Because everything that you love, that you care about, that you're concerned for yourself about, as much as you love that, you have to love it as much for somebody else in your life and in your surrounding. So whatever you get from God, whatever you have is really not for you as much as it is for somebody else, just as much as it is for you. Somebody say amen. So Matthew 28, it says, and then the 11 disciples, this is another story. This is the, where, okay, so we're hung on that. Love people as much as we love ourselves, care about other people as much as we care about our own thing. We love God. And then what do we do with it? Well, this is what we do with it. Matthew 28, verse 16, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Good for them being obedient. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to him and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. So here's the deal. Love God with all that you have. Love people with all that you have. All authority that's on heaven and earth has been given to me. I give it to you. And what are you supposed to do with it? You're supposed to go find people and love them and disciple them till the ends of the earth because God is with us. Sounds like we have a pretty good setup here, right? Sounds like we're pretty well. We know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to do it. And then how long are we supposed to do it? Till the ends of the earth, right? That's why the scripture is very clear to us. Love God and love your neighbor, those are the same. They're equal powers. As much as you love and receive from God and get from God, you have to take that thing and love others just as much. So, so every time, and I, and I just love this, and I'm going to kind of beat up church people a little bit because I don't like church people. So are you okay with that? I am one too. And I don't like myself at times when, when I get off the path of the way that God really called us to. So I hope you know what I'm saying. But here's the deal. We, we love revelation from God. We love words from God. We love all the little goosebumps moments where God does this thing. But the scripture says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet or a light unto our path. Well, if you're on a path or you're traveling, that means you ought to be doing something with it. It's like, hey, I'm lighting this up for you because you're on a journey to do what? Well, let's go back to the Great Commission. The last thing he called you to do is go reach people. I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to give you these blessings. I'm going to give you these, these, all these things in your life so that you can do what? So that you can journey and reach people and love people. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. You got to wake up a little bit. I need some help. I'm sad. My team yesterday was, <laughs> I need help. You got to help me feel better. I broke my TV. I kicked both the dogs. Like, it's rough. <laughs> I got to apologize to people when I get home. There's stains everywhere from things we threw. True story. It was totally a bro day. I had my brother and people over. And it was one of those things that uh, when you lose, this is a true story. I don't know if I have time to say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, the game, they're getting ready to punt or whatever. And if you're not a sports fan, I'm sorry for wasting your time. But they're getting ready to punt. And, uh, and, and my buddies, we're doing this. 
we're doing this. We're like, we're looking ahead at the schedule and we're putting on our coats and we're picking up our stuff and it's over. Like, we're going to win and you just got to pump the ball. And we're looking ahead to the next games and oh, we got next week off. We're doing this thing. And uh, totally bros, just bros hanging out doing this thing. And, uh, and then the play happens and we just sit there <laughs> and you just don't say anything to anybody and you just walk out the door. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's over. <laughs> we, just, we just leave. I'm not even, I'm not, I don't even care about you anymore. And you didn't even do anything wrong. You know, like to your buddies, you're like, I'm mad at you. And you didn't even do anything. I'm not even going to say goodbye to you. <laughs> Andy brought cupcakes. I was throwing cupcakes across the street and it was a disaster. <sighs> Can we, t- thank you. <laughs> We're going to take up a special offering at the end for my rehab. Um. <laughs> All right. So I don't even know where we were. Somebody help me. This is ridiculous. Um, so we're loving our neighbors as much. And so the light into our past. So here's the deal with the church thing is what I was saying. So the church people, we love to get the revelation. We love to get the thing. We, we love to hear the words from God. We, we love to do all that. We get all excited about that stuff. And that's so important. That's so vital. That is our pursuit of God. God, our father, we pursue. But if we don't take that and share that, then what is the point of it to you? We're blessed to be a blessing. Like if what God gives you doesn't make its way to others, I don't think God intended it to have like expiration. Amen? So John 13, 35, it says by this, this is the last thing. These are my three kind of layouts. In the beginning, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love people. The other thing he said, our great commission is to disciple people to the ends of the earth. And the last thing he said, how are you going to know that you're doing a good job? How are you going to know that you're doing it? How are you going to know that? It says it in John 13. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You're doing it when people can look into your life and say, hey, look, they love one another. Look, they love their community. Look, they're showing up and serving and they're loving people and they're making a difference. That's how you can tell that you're a true disciple or follower of Christ. Amen. Not just because you share status updates about your next revelation, blog thing, blah, blah, blah. Can I be real with you? I love that stuff. I post blogs. I post all that kind of stuff. But if that's all you do and it doesn't affect others and love others and change your community then the enemy's not scared of it. You're not doing anything with it. We love touches from God. We got this revelation from God and I got it for myself and for myself. We get all excited about that stuff. But here's the deal. We get so excited. God spoke to me this and God this. All that is great. I'm not bashing. Please hear me. God speaking to you in personal revelation. That's all extremely, extremely important. But if all your pursuit for God is, is for you to just go to the next knowledge level, well, I've leveled up in God. I'm to the next thing. I'm to the next thing. The danger in that is that that's actually how the Pharisees operated. They just wanted to become the spiritual elite. Look at me. I know more than you. Look at me. I've achieved more. Look at me. I do more than you. I have better insight. I've gone deeper than you. And Jesus, in case you don't know, the Pharisees are the religious of the religious who Jesus came and often rebuked. And we'll talk a little bit about that more later. But if all you do is pursue God so you can level up in the game of God for yourself, it's a very dangerously close place to the Pharisee who God often rebuked. Amen? I have Andy come up. Uh, Andy, yeah, go ahead, come up here. I'm going to have Andy be people. Uh, This is going to snap. I don't want you to. Okay, it already is. No, people. You're going to be more than one. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know what's going on in your head. You might be more than one person. But, uh, (laughs) So this is Andy, and he's people. 
And we're trying to live in proximity with people. We love people. It's all about people. We're known that we're disciples. We're a great example by how we love one another, how we treat people. It's our call to disciple people, love people. He's people. And the scripture also says that we have treasure in earthen vessel, meaning there's treasure in people, in people that you know, in your communities, your neighbor, even the people that bother you, your jobs, your whatever, the people, there's treasure in those people. And so we need to live at the core of our heart in proximity with how can I be a part of people? How can everything I do and every decision I make, what can I live in a way that I care about people? And I love this. Did you know that our love for people has more to do than just salvation? We've been so taught as Christian culture, we just got to reach people. We got to convert people. We got to save people. But Jesus died for people knowing that some would not ever have salvation. And he still did it. So the end result for our love for people is actually not even salvation. It's just loving people. But we love to make our relationship with the lost or with the hurting all about evangelism. We just got to reach them and save them and get them out of hell. No, you just got to love people. Love people is what you got to do. And and so we got to stop because Jesus even came knowing that not all would have salvation. Not all would choose to follow him. And he still went all in with all his best. Why? Because it was about love and people. Amen. The son of man, the scripture says, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Meaning the mindset of Jesus when he got here was, I'm seeking out, I'm talking in a way, I'm interacting in a way with the lost that I'm seeking, I'm pursuing. What is it? Now listen, any of you who's ever pursued anything, you understand that you have to put yourself in position to pursue. So you're after that girl, you're after that guy, you're pursuing your husband, your wife, or whatever. You do things in your life, you position yourself in a way that you can, what, reach them. So maybe you're interested in what they're interested. Maybe you talk in the way that they talk. Maybe you connect with them in a way that they connect on things. Well, how come the church comes over here and goes, here's our bot. This is the only way you come to us. You can, we're not going to seek you out. You come to the church and we'll clean you up and we'll get you. Or Jesus came and said, I'm seeking you. And I'm not comp- talking about compromising the Bible and changing scripture or anything like that. I'm saying a mindset that says, hey, We're seeking after the hurting and the lost and the rejected and the hopeless. We're coming after you. That's how Jesus showed up here on earth. Too often the church just stands and like, come to us. We got it all figured out. We're perfect. Steeple people come to us. No, we got to seek and save the lost just like Jesus did. Amen. I, uh, I had this, uh, the struggle that I have, this is a new church. For those of you that don't know, we're about almost two years old, two years old in January. And we planted it from scratch. We aren't a part of another church that said, hey, uh, go do this church in Zealand. You're going to do this and this and this. Um, I was like, hey, we got a lot of coaching and a lot of oversight and we have a board and it's very structured. I'm not saying that uh, we're just out here being crazy. But when we sat down to plant this church, it was like, God, what do you want this to be? And he instructed us. And so he gave us like the plan and the goals and the vision for this church. And now that you're two years in, you're still trying to drive that and navigate that. And you're trying to keep your core and you're trying to keep your values and trying to keep what God said. And the best example that I could give you is this. Uh, before we had Caroline, you'd be around other parents. And I'm just admitting, I'm just confessing my judgments on other parents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're going to get mad at me for doing it. And I know you all do it. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> okay. 
But so you're in this environment, and you're seeing somebody's kid do this thing or whatever, and you're like, oh, my gosh, when we have kids, our kid's never going to do that, right? That's crazy. <laughs> and so we have this parenting goal, because like, we're going to be awesome parents, and our kids are never going to do that, and our kids are going to be this way. And my favorite example is this. Uh, we were like movies. You know, movies, uh, we're just like, oh, my gosh, that kid, they would just watch movies all day. I can't believe they watch so many. Our kids are going to read books. We're going to have them read books. <laughs> And we'll be doing stuff and we'll be busy. And Caroline, our daughter, she'll just keep bringing me a book to read and a book to read. And all of a sudden I've got to a point, if you bring me, one, go watch a movie. If you bring one more book to me, <laughs> go watch a movie. And then our parenting goal is like really shifted. But obviously our value is still in, in it's just like stuff. Life kind of changes your direction. So as a pastor, I'm always in prayer and always at the, the wheel, like we got to stay the course. And what God calls, stay, stay the course, stay the course. And the course is loving people. What we say here is that we're loving others towards God. We can't let, boy, it'd be a little bit easier if we were over here doing it this way. It'd be a little bit easier if we did this. Uh, it's about us reaching people. And the scripture talks about the, the, the lost or the new believer. So the new people come in here and they're new and and they came and maybe it's their first time having an experience. And the scripture says that some of us, we start and we desire the sincere milk of the word of God, of the things of God. And so it starts off at milk. But the scripture also talks about as you grow, you get into meat. And as you grow up as a Christian, you, you get into the meat of the word and you get into the deeper things. And, you get in, and there is a place for every believer to be in the deep of things. But what happens is as we say, oh boy, that, ta that steak, that steak is tasting good. You know what? I just only want to hang out with people that eat steak. We'll go to the steakhouses. We'll become a Christian club that just eats the meatier things. And so we create this church where all we do is we talk about how good steak is. And we leave out all the people over here that all they are is having milk. Well, you're so deep because you're eating steak. Wow, I'm impressed. Look at how far you are with God. Look at that. You want to impress me? Be somebody who's gotten to the steak level, but then also turns around and says, oh, Oh, you're a milk person here? Let me come over and help you with your milk. Let me help you get to the steak level. Somebody say amen. That's what we do with our kids, right? <laughs> I've grown up. I've learned how to eat. But because I'm mature now, do you know what I know to do? I know to have a kid and help that kid as they grow and watch them eat all that weird baby food and spit it out their nose and like all that stuff. What is on my clothes? That is what? <laughs> I didn't eat that. Oh, thanks, Charlotte, right? It's messy to help those underneath us that aren't as advanced as we are. But that's what we're called to do because God said the most important thing we can do is love people, yeah. not build a church where we all just come together and eat steak. Yeah. Oh, we're so deep and we love this meat. I'm all about deep. I'm all about the deep things of God. And I pray for signs and wonders in this church. And I pray for all the things that God has for us. But we will never achieve and see those things if we don't care about people. Amen. The kingdom of God is not just our Christian buffet line. We just want to come in and eat and eat and eat for me, for me, for me. Jesus led this way in this really, really cool process. And you can dig through all your New Testament and watch how they talk about how Jesus taught. He taught like this. He went into an area and he spoke teaching. Three things, teaching, preaching, and then healings, miracles. So what it is, he came in and he taught. So a lot of times he would taught, teach in parable. So he would come into, whether it's a farmer or a fisherman or whatever thing, he would come into the environment, he would understand where they're at, and he would teach them intellectually. He would teach. 
here's some information, some things. And so they would have a foundation of, hey, that person knows what he's talking about. There's some teaching there. There's some information there. And then he would turn into preaching. There would be inspiration of the days to come and there would be passion and he would talk about the thing. And so it'd be preaching. And then when they were inspired through preaching and through passion, then their hearts were open to receive healing and miracles in the hand of God on their life. Amen. The problem is in the church, we give up on it so soon because teaching takes time to come in and to be the person who teaches. I'm not talking about like preaching and teaching. I'm talking about in your life, in relationship with somebody, to be able to teach and to, and, to, and to have intelligent conversation and to lead them through that fundamental part of the things of God, that takes time. That takes information on your, on your part. That's why the scripture says you need to hide the word of God down in your heart and meditate it day in and day out. Why? Because it, the starting gate for you is to be able to teach people and talk to people. And the thing with preaching is preaching and inspiring takes energy. So once you've learned and you've put the word in your heart and you know how to teach, then you have to move to a place where you're, you're in passion and you're, and that takes energy. And a lot of us don't have time, you know, we got the time to teach, but then energy. And then the last one to be able to heal that takes contact in somebody's life, teaching, preaching, healing. You got to get to the point where literally you're making a personal contact with them. Well, how do you make contact with people? It's through relationship. They say, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So to be able to walk and disciple the way that God called us to, we got to be really willing to invest in what? People. But we spend so much time chasing the Christian buffet line of our next big thing. Instead of, God, I want to be a people who are in a position to be able to love people. Amen? Jesus spoke in parables. He got up and he talked to them at the level that they were at. The church has got to get in a position where we speak their language. Amen? I love this about Jesus. He didn't come to be right. The, the way that he came and operated and led and loved, he didn't come saying, here's how you're wrong. This is how I'm right. He actually came and just showed the way. His life on display was how he showed the way. He could have came in and, and of course there was times where he'd say, some say that it's this, what do you say? And he would unravel truths. But in his life, he just led the way to heaven. He laid down his life through his lifestyle instead of getting a bullhorn and telling everybody how wrong they are. The scripture says, if we have not love, then we're a clanging symbol. If all we do is just bark and bark and bark and we don't love people, then we're clanging symbols. We don't get it. I uh, get so frustrated because I'm defending what I believe God has called this church to be. And of course, there's some people that aren't I guess the sign to this church is what I would say. And I'm very okay with that because the first thing we ever penned uh, as a church is we just said, we're not going to lead this church in a position that we operate. If you need people, you'll never establish a leadership with people. So if all I do is run around, oh my gosh, don't leave. I need you. Oh my gosh, don't leave. I need you. All I'm doing is running around and trying to get people to stay and keep people happy and wipe their butts and keep them happy. And you never establish leadership in their life anyway, because you're just running around chasing people. So... We said that in the beginning. So some people aren't assigned here, but it breaks my heart when I hear things from people. I get the letters. I get the letters from people. Well, you know, uh, we're going in a different direction because we just feel like, you know, you don't want the deep things of God. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, when you get up there, I'm going to give you a little bit of wisdom. Okay. You come here once a month and you're about to drop wisdom on me. Let me hear it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to calm down a minute. So, <laughs> yeah, you got the heart of the church, and you come here once a month, and you don't come to any of the events. But okay, tell me what God's doing in this church. Um, so I get the email. Well, well, here's some wisdom for you. Um, I noticed that when you get up there after worship and you ask the people if they're comfortable to raise their hands, well, you're the pastor. That's your house. You're the man of God. They should do what you tell them. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, and at the end, when you give a salvation altar call, uh, I also notice that you say, hey, you're not going to do anything. You know, I always say, hey, we're not going to do anything to embarrass you. Is salvation embarrassing to you? You should make them. God is a gentleman. And he didn't force anything on any of you. He created you with your own will. And just because I'm a pastor does not give me any right to tell anybody what to do. I follow what God says. And here's the deal. I understand that people don't get it. Here's what we're doing as a church culture. I've never preached this long into overtime, but we're doing it today. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what we're doing as a Christian culture. And I'm not talking about vertical church. I'm talking about just church in the country or whatever, the nation. Nate was here and it really ticked me off because he said that the United States is one of four nations who aren't growing as Christians, who aren't, who aren't, and we started that way. Okay. So it's like, what do we need to do as a church to change this or whatever? So, so here's the deal. Here's what we're doing as a Christian culture. We're going to the buffet line. We're getting fatter on our meat and all of our touches from God and all that stuff's so important. But if we don't reach people, it's useless. Somebody say amen. So what we're doing is we're saying, we want to swim in the deep end. Let's be in the deep end over here and we'll do flips and we'll all do this dance in the deep end. And we got people, our culture, our country, you're saying, come with me to the deep end, the deep end. And they're not even in the pool yet. They're actually like your kid on the side, like, ah, I want in, but I'm scared. I don't get it. And I don't want to come to a church and have somebody say, raise your hands. Come up here. I'm going to embarrass you. I don't even want to get in that pool, right? Come to the deep end. Or the da, da, da. I love the deep end. I just, I get the deep end in my relationship with God. So, so we're trying to come, 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 come. Like I said, please hear my heart. We do worship nights and we worship and we do all that we do here because we believe in the signs and wonders and the moves of God at this church and in our country. I'm not belittling personal relationship and touches from God. But again, if we don't do anything with it and we don't connect with people, then it's just a little Christian. <laughs> so the deep end, oh, we want to get to the deep. The deep end is awesome. But I bet God would be really proud of you if you put down your little deep end for a minute and you swam over to the shallow end and you looked at somebody on the outside of the pool and you said, hey, take my hand just like you would for your kids. Speak their language, comfort their fears, tell them it's going to be okay because one day it wasn't okay for you, but now it is. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Take their hand and bring them with you. You know, what's interesting about that. It looks a lot like Jesus. He'd walk up to a tax collector and say, hey, come with me while I and the tax collector say, wait, me? You're talking about me? You understand, I'm like the mob. I, I can't even give testimony in court. That's how crooked I am as a tax collector. And Jesus is like, hey, get out of that shallow end. Come with me and journey with me while I. Zacchaeus is up in a tree. God is a gentleman. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to embarrass you and make you raise your hands. Come down here. No. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. Let's go hang out and have something to eat. Because I love people. Somebody say amen. 
So we got to get away from this whole, this, make them into this. It's all about it. It's all about God. We're blessed to be a blessing. God gives so that we can give. Amen. I believe the reason I'm passionate about it is because I believe God won't give you, God won't give you something unless you're ready to handle it. So I want the signs and wonders. I want all of the things that God has called us to in the New Testament. But if we as a people aren't ready to distribute those things, he's not going to give them. Is everybody okay with that statement? I think willing vessels to say, God, I I want this touch from you. I want And not only am I going to have it, but I'm going to share it and I'm going to give you glory for it. That's where God shows up. Amen. So Jesus was stern with people. He was stern with people. There was times where Jesus came in boldly and, and, and had something. And guess who he was stern with? The Christians. The Christians. He was stern with the Pharisees. And, the, and, the, and he was stern with the people who made it all about themselves. I'm living in this way or I'm a follower of Christ for me. I'll close with this. Uh, I thought about this. I was looking really closely at all the times that Jesus did something really crazy out of the box, really, you know, just this really, there's even the story where, of course, you know, they go up the mountain and God reveals to them this big vision and he took three up with them. Or there's times where he walks on water and it's just the disciples in the boat. But much of the teachings and much of the things that Jesus did or the truths that he dropped on people, he got up in front of people in communities told them how much he loved them and he told them how great their future is and he told them how he'd never leave them or forsake them and then they take that and they go in pursuit of God and they love one another and they, they share it among themselves amen it's always for others I was um, probably this is where a lot of this came from uh, so we're part of Kids Hope which is the school uh, thing uh, mentoring program in the schools and uh, last year we started a school and uh, we jumped in and, and uh, Vanessa and I our children's director we jumped in quick just to kind of learn it all and we're getting ready to start it all up again here now in the fall and so I went in and met with the principal hey man how's it going so glad to be back uh, you know we, we got a list of a few people that signed up uh, last year and, and they're ready to come in this year um, I know last year you had about eight people um, you know we could probably take care of that number uh, we'd love to step in now remember this is Zealand. This is pure Michigan. This is like, you know, we got it all together over here in Zealand. And so the way this Kids Hope thing works is uh, kids that, that need help. They need a mentor. They need a positive uh, role models in their life. And so they qualify to be a part of this. You don't just sign up for it. You look at academics and all these other things. So cool. So, hey, Principal Dahlman, we're ready to jump in. Let's do this thing. Let's get on it. I know last year you had eight, and uh, we'll probably be able to take care of that number. He's like, well, actually this year it's 18. In one year, we went backwards 10. Like, what? 18? What is that? Okay. So then there's this other thing we heard about. It's called hand-to-hand, and it's where a church can come, and all the kids that don't have enough meals or snacks or whatever in school, you can step in, and uh, your church comes together, and you just make sure they have that. And uh, so every week on a weekly basis, we send them home with groceries and make sure they don't miss a meal because educationally, if a student is hungry, he doesn't uh, listen as well and all this different kind of stuff. Oh yeah, cool. We love Woodbridge Elementary and we have a relationship there. And so not only do we want to do Kids Hope, but what would it take for us to do that? Well, you know, we want to jump in on that. What does that look like? How many families is that? Oof. We know, we know right now we're at 20, but we haven't even really started taking names. What? Pure Michigan? Holland? Zealand? Field of Zeal? What? 
It's because somewhere along the way, people forgot about people. We got a church on every corner and we have needs like this in our schools. I think it came, became about steeples and not people. Amen? First Corinthians just talks about we have to have this mindset of do whatever it takes to win people. First Corinthians, Paul writes this, First Corinthians 9.19. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone or a servant to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible. And then in the verses I'm going to skip, he says to win this type and to win this type. And he speaks about the people that he's going to put himself in a position to be able to reach. And in verse 22, it says, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I'm going to do whatever it takes with whoever it takes, because I don't care who the people are. God has set me free so that I can be a person who serves people. And the beautiful thing about it is when we are a people who live in a position of serving people, that's when God gets glory. And when God gets glory, he reigns. Those signs, those wonders, all the things that we're chasing, we will receive those things. God's reign happens in our lives when we make it about loving and reaching people. Amen? And you guys do an awesome job of it. I'm so proud to be your pastor and hear all your stories. I can't even respond in a week to the stories that I hear. Hey, we, over here, we, we did this and we did this. And what if we shared this and I got extra of this? It looks a lot like the New Testament, the way that you're living. It's beautiful, but we can't let up because the enemy is not going to let up. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? I'll wrap it up in about five minutes. But with every head bowed and eyes closed, I don't want anybody looking around because I want this to be about you and God. If you're in this place this morning and you say, man, Pastor Josh, I love what you're saying or I hear what you're saying or you just are feeling a stirring to put yourself in a position or a proximity, if you will, with God. You say, man, my heart needs to get right with God or my life needs to get right with God or I need to get back on a track where I'm in pursuit of the things of God because I wanna be a person who loves people and gives to others and, and meets the need in my community. But you know, the starting gate for you is getting right with God and making a relationship, choosing to be a Christian or a Christ follower. Here's how it works. The scripture says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It also says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that, he, that God raised Christ from the dead, says your sins will be forgiven, you'll be on your way to heaven. So it's a simple prayer, but it's the most important thing you could ever do in your life is pray the prayer of salvation. Some call it the sinner's prayer, some call it the prayer of salvation. But here's how it's gonna work. Just as I mentioned in my sermon, I am not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to have you do anything that would embarrass you or, or single you out because I care about you and God is a gentleman. And I want it to be a place where privately you can make an acknowledgement with God. So right where you are, with nobody looking around, if you're here and you say, yeah, Pastor Josh, I want to pray that prayer. You're going to pray it right in your seat and we're actually all going to pray it together at the same time. The only thing I'm asking of you to do is when I count to three, raise your hand so I can make an acknowledgement. The scripture says... That, that you, 
when you make an acknowledgement, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth when you make an acknowledgement. So I want you to be able to do that. When I count to three, I want you to be able to raise your hand and I'll know who I'm praying for. Again, not going to single you out. But if that's you here, you say, I want to pray that prayer today. I want to make a commitment for Christ. If that's you with nobody looking around on three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise it up. Anybody in here? All right. Did I miss anybody? I don't want to move forward if there was a hand up. Okay, cool. All right, church, vertical church. And if you're a visitor, I hope you can take part of this with you too. Hear my heart, hear my heart, hear my heart. I want the deep end for this church. But I don't want to leave people out. So we will never be a place that just splashes around in a deep end and we don't consider how we can help people get in with us. So I'm actually even going to say this. If you don't like that idea, if you don't like the mindset or the concept that everything we do is to love people and to reach people and to love our neighbor and to bring them along with us, if you don't like that, if this sermon doesn't fit with you, I, as the pastor of Vertical Church, I release you to find a place that fits better for you because it's not going to be good for you and it's just not going to be good for us if we're not in unity. And, and that's how much I believe in And I'm not kicking you out of the church. Please don't hear that. But I'm just saying, here, that's how serious we are about reaching people. Why am I that passionate about it? Because I know that God emptied heaven to reach people. He gave his best. And in our minds, we need to give our best to reach people. Amen? So we we love you. We bless you. We just, you know, we're just maybe not a fit here. And there's great churches all over the community uh, that you can connect with. And, And again, that's not like a kick out. It's just saying, hey, we want you to be in your right place because we know what God's assigned this place to. And it's to follow the great commission that we just read. Amen. Let me pray for you all and then we'll jump out of here. God, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that that sometimes hard to hear. But God, I, I know that as your word says, sometimes we have seasons where we're reprune, but it's for growth. So God, in my life, and I pray for the rest in this room too, reveal to me the ways that I walk, that it's not about people, that I don't have the understanding of reaching people or my eyes are blind to the needs of people. God, we want to be known as your disciples by our love for people. We don't want it to be about a steeple or a building or what, God, we want to be a people who reach people, not to grow a church, but to grow your kingdom and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.